You're listening to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. If you're looking for the tools to deal with the challenges of this ever-changing modern world, you're in the right place. Now let's get it going. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. I'm your host, Pete Beskus, and today I am going to be tackling the a book that I really like that I just read was called The 12-Week Year. And that's what we're going to discuss. I'm going to go through my takeaways from this book, some of my other thoughts, some of how I teach planning and how I teach trying to put together executing a goal. But I thought this this, um, book did a really, really good job of it. It's a really small book. You can see here, 12 Week Year by Brian Moran, Michael Lennington. Um, It's quick. It's easy. It's really tactical. Get, it is kind of thought-provoking too. It does get your brain work, your brain working. And what's cool is it's a lot of the same stuff that I've learned over the years, really distilled. And I'm going to take it one step further. So, in case you're not a big reader, um, I'm going to share with you my biggest takeaways from this book, how I coach it a little bit differently as well. But overall, really, really good read. Um, a lot of the concepts that they bring up in this book, you'll find in a lot of business books, management books on how to create a plan, how to execute um, a strategy. Um, one of the things, one of the books I really love, if you are interested in diving further into other kind of books, this is another resource I've mentioned before, The Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. Um, but this one's thicker. This one's a harder slog. Um, really good, really, really good. But um, if you're just looking to dip your toe in, if you're just starting out in this stuff, the 12-week year, I think, is a good place to, to go from. What is the concept of the 12-week year? It's something I use, um, coaches use, but not necessarily, you know, it's packaged and branded differently amongst other people. 12-week year, you know, 90-day program, quarterly programs. But the concept really is redefining the year, redefining what makes a timeline of effort, right? A timeline for a goal, a timeline for things to be accomplished. And what seems to be really natural for us as humans are the concept of seasons, four seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, And those are all broken up into three months, which is 90 days, which is 12 weeks. And I think for our brains as well, it's really easy to focus on, I just have to do this for X amount of time. When we drag out the timeline to 12 months or a full year or three years or five years, things start to become less believable. And in my mind, a little bit less attainable when you throw it out five years, right? You also take your foot off the gas a bit when a goal or when an idea is too far in the future. 90 days, three months is a perfect amount of time. It's a perfect container for you to execute on a plan, on a goal, and get some real feedback. So as you dive into this book, they'll re- they really focus on setting a major goal, setting one or two really major goals that you're trying to accomplish within these 90 days. We talked about goal setting with Craig. Um, we've talked about at this podcast before, but really about focusing and limit and constraining yourself to trying to accomplish one or two major things, right? And that is for each season, what are you going to focus on? As you know, this is mostly geared towards businesses, but I like to apply it to all aspects of your life. You can pick a relationship, you could pick 
your health or fitness goals. You could pick money goals. You could pick a career or maybe just learning a new skill, taking 90 days to maybe learn the guitar. And he brings up, these guys bring up a concept that I really like and I like, and I use it quite a bit. It's the idea of intentionality and intentional imbalance. So one of the reasons why we don't succeed in executing things is because we don't have intentionality. We're not waking up or we're not moving forward with the idea that we're doing this on purpose. We're kind of reactionary to a lot of things in our lives and they really talk about doing this one goal, focusing on it intentionally. And if it creates imbalance, well, it's supposed to because you can't focus on all the things all at once. You're really just gonna be focusing on these one or two main goals and all the steps you need to get there. Now they move into a book where they kind of talk about three principles five disciplines and five stages of change. The three principles, pretty simplistic, accountability, commitment, and greatness in the moment. You know, I'll talk a little bit more about these as we go on, but you know, it's all about taking accountability and by accountability, it's ownership and checking in with people, right? That's a huge component of, a, you know, achieving any goal or executing any plan. It's having that feedback loop. And when we do things in isolation, we're about 50% more likely to fail than if we do it with, in conjunction with other people. Commitment, again, it's that intentionality, it's how badly do you want this thing. The higher your commitment, the more likely you are to succeed. And then the greatness in the moment, I took a little bit of a different spin on this, which is like, you know, we shouldn't be going, everybody wants to target the best day every day, but we should be raising the floor on the bad days. And I did learn that from my, from my friend Craig is raise the floor on the bad days. That's what I interpret as great, greatest, you know, be great in the moment. The five disciplines we've talked about on this podcast, vision, planning, process control, measurement, and time. Well, vision is important without vision. You have nothing, right? If you don't see where you're going, if you don't have an idea of what you want, then all the planning in the world, all the execution in the world won't let you achieve that goal. Planning is critically important to set yourself up for success and to create something that you can count on, right? It becomes your cornerstone, your foundational work that you apply day in and day out. Process control is just about minimizing the errors. That's how I like to look at it. And it's a very businessy term, but I look at process control as minimizing the errors. Can you see where things have gone wrong? Can you correct them? Um, measurement, another important part of goal setting and execution and planning is can you measure what you're doing or is it really arbitrary and undefinable? Because if the more you can define what you want to achieve, the closer you are to getting it. If you keep things high level, then you're never really going to accomplish anything. Having a goal of being happier doesn't mean jack, right? It doesn't mean anything. Happier is objective, right? And so you have to look at subjective measures. And then the fifth one is time. How you use time, where you put your time, how you value your time, and those components. Each one of these areas you can talk about for months, months and months and months. So it's just about keeping these in mind when you're designing, when you're planning. But what I really liked, this book said, um, and I've seen it in a bunch of different ways, but I really appreciated how they presented this information was the five stages of change. 
And what's really cool about the five stages of change, it's very much like um, theater, right? <laughs> There's, if you've ever watched a movie where it's, have you ever watched a comedy versus a tragedy? A comedy is like a romance. Like, uh, think about those romantic rom-coms. The beginning of the film, somebody's, you know, living life, everything's great. Then they face a hardship with a relationship because they're pining for something that they want, but they don't really know what they're going to get. They have that relationship. They become disenchanted. They hit some kind of a breakup point. They pass through it, and they end up being successful and running towards each other at the end of the movie. My favorite one is You've Got Mail. I, like Anytime that movie's on, I drop the, I drop the remote. And I'm like, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, you guys make magic together. But this, it really just does look like this and it's the same as the five stages of change so every plan that you're going to go through every kind of goal that you're going to try to accomplish you're starting here at phase one which is uninformed optimism when you're in this area of uninformed optimism you're oftentimes thinking the end result like how wonderful this is and how great life's going to be once you achieve that thing it could be a spouse it could be you know finding the, the love of your life it could be winning a million or you know, earning a million dollars. It could be um, losing 50 pounds, anything. But when you're here at the first stage, you're uninformed optimistic. So you're like that blind optimist. It's going to be fantastic. Once I'm there, things are going to be great. Then you get to stage two, which is informed pessimism. So as you can see on my chart, and those of you listening on the podcast, it's a big smiley face. You start at one end and you start to move down the smiley face which is when you start to learn things and when you start to feel resistance to the plan. This is informed pessimism. So as you start to learn, you start to see all the reasons why this can't happen for you. And these are the tricky parts of the phase. Then as you start to move down even further, you get to phase three, which is the valley of despair. This is so appropriate. Anybody who's done anything hard in their life to achieve a goal, has reached the valley of despair. It is that critical moment, if we tie it back to the you know, rom-com, it's that critical moment where the two people are seemingly broken up. Something has happened, it's devastated them. They are never gonna get back together again. And that's what we're like when we're on our journey from point A you know, to point B. <laughs> it's not linear. There's the resistance. So as you start to experience the challenges, as you start to experience the pain, you get into the valley of despair. This is a critical point. This is the point where most people give up. This is why most people don't achieve their goals. It doesn't matter how airtight your plan is, you, you can't overcome the valley of despair. Stage four is informed optimism. This is right after you've gone through the darkest storm as part of your journey. It's where you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is when you start to see that weight drop faster. This is when that person texts you back after ghosting you for three days. This is when you start to get clients showing up in your business. This is the informed optimism. And finally, the final step is success. Success and the fulfillment of that goal. But as you can see, and I think this is such a great conversation, the five stages of change, which I thought was one of the best parts of this book, was the uninformed, I'll repeat it again, the uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, valley of despair, 
informed optimism and success and fulfillment, right? Those are the five stages. And as I said before, most people stop between stage two and stage three. Once things start to get hard, we like to bail out. And then that really kind of goes back to the planning of it and identifying those obstacles and understanding that you're going to go through this cycle to get to your goal. So then the book really just dives into tactical planning, which is, you know, create, take your 12 week plan, have your identified goal, and then you reverse engineer it. And I, you know, I'm sure you've heard this a, a million times, reverse engineer from the end point of your goal, but you break it up into weeks. So 12 weeks, each week dedicated to achieving one phase that will reach you to your goals, your end goal. The weekly target, the weekly achievement has to be measurable and has to be strategic. It has to be something that you're laying on top of each other. So for an example, a lot of people use weight. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to use learning how to play guitar because that's something I did, right? Learn to play guitar. And the first thing if I was to break it up into 12 weeks in a, in order to be able to play a song, which is definable, right? Playing guitar is arbitrary. Learning how to play X song is my goal. Get a 12 weeks. Well, if I start from scratch, I don't know what I'm doing. So my 12 weeks will be broken up into learning how to strum, you know, getting my fingers comfortable, making shapes, learning the necessary chords to play the song, repetition, learning, you know, one chord per week, learning to do a transition from one chord to another chord. So I would break that up. Each week would have a certain goal that I'm trying to achieve. When you have that overarching target per week, then you break it up into the daily tasks that are going to get you there. What are the daily routines that you need to accomplish in order to execute the weekly goal? So, so let's say, for example, week one for me is learn how to make the A chord, right? It's day one. Find out what an A chord looks like. <laughs> Practice the A chord for five minutes. You know, day two. Practice the A chord for 10 minutes. Day three, practice open and then A. Like, and you see where I'm going with this. I don't want to belabor it too much. But the weekly game, the real takeaway is the weekly goal is a strategic goal. The daily is a task-oriented goal. And there are three things that you need to do every week in order to create that accountability that we talked about at the beginning, which were the three principles. The accountability part was plan your week, score your week, and then discuss your week. It is, it is proven time and time again that we have a 50% more chance of success when we're holding ourselves accountable with another person. So if you want to double your chance of success, have somebody in your corner that you're checking in with. Again, friends, family, this is ideal for getting a coach. A coach can hold you accountable. A coach can see your blind spots, where you're messing up, how you're messing up, and help you to you know, create that path to success and adjust, and adjust and adapt on the fly. But the key component, and I've seen this in multiple books and I'm a big believer in it, is a scoring system. So if you have, say, four essential to-dos every day in order to achieve your weekly goal, scoring them is critical. So do you get a win or do you get a loss in that column, right? 
to why sports are so popular, especially if you're a guy. We like to keep score. When's the last time you just played a game of basketball where you didn't keep score? It's not as much fun as when you're two points behind and trying to nail that jumper. So scoring is critical for success. And then they go into time. And again, time is really a deep, long mid discussion where there are a hundred million experts out there on time, time management tools, productivity, time techniques, um, all those things. But I'm going to distill it to two different concepts. One is performance time and the other one is buffer time. Performance time, you block out, you know, a set amount of time every single day where you turn off all distractions. And this is your focus time. So for example, right now I'm recording this podcast. This is my performance time. I've turned off all notifications. I've put away everything that's a distraction and I'm focused solely on recording this podcast. The second one is buffer time. And this is the little, you dedicate a certain amount of time to executing all of those annoying tasks that eat up and distract you during the day. So you might have to add in two or three buffer times. Maybe you can get away with one, but this is where you check your emails. This is where you unload the dishwasher. This is where you drive the kids to school. Perhaps this is buffer time is where you're not worried about getting stuff done. You're just worried about, you're just going to focus on those little menial tasks. So that's really where it goes there. And then they really kind of sum up with the whole idea of ownership and commitment. And this is really where the rubber hits the road to say, you know, if you don't take ownership of your own goal, of your own plan, it's going to fail, period. And that's why most of us fail, because we're expecting other people to swoop in and fix stuff for us and, and drag us across the finish line. Unfortunately, guys, that's never going to happen. No one's going to drag you to your goal because it's your goal. It's not theirs. They don't care. They don't give two cents about your goal, right? It's about your goal. And then the, you know, the commitment part is how committed are you to this? So in this 12 week year, in this 12 week segment, in this 12 week um, period of attaining a goal, you're really, if you're committed to one goal, you're not going to be committed to some other things and that's okay. So really saying no, learning how to say no to things, don't overcommit, you know, go public with it, tell people you're going to do it. You know, when we start telling people we're going to achieve something, we become more committed to it. Um, and then buddy up because if you have someone in your corner, if you have someone else trying to achieve that thing with you, it's going to be that much easier. That's why if you're going to go run a marathon, find a buddy to run the marathon with you, check in with them. You know, uh, you know, give, talk about score your week, share with it at the end of the week and see how much farther you're going to get. So that's really how, I, you know, my view of this book, really great. Have a read. You know, if you don't take anything from this podcast, if there's only one thing that you, you find, you find useful, take this one away. It's the five stages of change, man, that's brilliant. And if you want a planning framework, my book is also out now, so you can go on to my website and down and get order a copy of Cracking the Rich Code, which you know I'm a contributor of. And within that, I talk about planning and I my mistakes or my learnings of, from planning and from planning well and from planning poorly. But also, I have a freebie 
for you to download, which helps you to go and create your own kind of 12 week plan. Um, this is my version of it. I'd created it even before I read the book. <laughs> so, you know, as you could tell, it's a very um, widespread, widely adopted concept of this 12 week year. So go to the website, petebeskus.com. You can download it there. You can also order the book online. And I look forward to talking to you all next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tools for the Modern Man podcast. If you like what you heard today, drop me a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. And if you want to learn more about working with me, you can always look me up at www.petebeskus.com. Thanks and see you all next week.